Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. City of Chronicles is a Bayard Chronicles production. <laughs> Seria Chronicles. Now, I'm sorry, this this podcast recording really threw me for a loop. Um, I'm Mina Rizuki, and as ever, I'm joined by Nikki Bandini. I always forget to do the admin stuff, yeah, which is just introducing who we are as people. But basically, like, we've changed the timings of these last two podcast recordings, and they've been late night ones. So most of the time, I'm in my pajamas watching Netflix, because I'm just like... Oh, Janese, win again, you know, like that kind of stuff. And I know like tomorrow is just going to be a monstrous day. And I'm like, oh, and I swear I have a podcast to record, <laughs> Nikki. <laughs> Mina's being very, very polite about this. Yeah. Like the reason that we're doing it these times is because, um, did I talk about this last time? It's very boring, but like, yeah, like there's some work going on in my house. Um, my the palace. bathroom is being redone. The palace, the one bedroom, tiny palace. Um, no, I, I love my little flat, but it is a small flat and uh, I have a small bathroom and it's being redone. And it's really annoying because, you know, like when you only got one bathroom in the middle of the day and someone's working and you can't go to the loo and stuff like that, which is a pain. But more importantly, you also can't record a podcast in your flat. I spend a lot of time being uh, Sarah Jessica Parker working in cafes. I know that. Yes. Yeah. So that's been, that's been the last couple of weeks or so, but I mean, there was even a game tonight, so we didn't uh, miss that one this week. Yes, and what a game it was. But it's not the one that we're going to be starting with. 
because there's only one place to start and thankfully it's not you there. Okay. So to all of those who hate that in that team with a passion, <laughs> it was a really good match. Actually, I don't know how to describe this match. So I'm going to throw it to you. It's Inter versus Roma. Inter opened the scoring as they seem to always do. And then started to fade away slightly, obviously without Lukaku, they have been for some time and now his return has been delayed without Brozovic, who is so much a pillar of, of that midfield. And against a Roma side that started without Tammy Abraham and sort of went with a strikerless formation, but with Zaniolo and the effervescent Paolo Dybala, who the commentator kept calling Dybala, which was really annoying me, by the way. <laughs> I had to mute him by the end of it. Like, it is Dybala, right? Like, but I just don't know why it really irritated me. It's like one time I did listen to a guy yeah. calling Stephen al Sharawi Shawarma, which was like, you're joking. Right? Oh my goodness. That feels borderline not okay. No, yeah, it really doesn't. But you could tell it was an accidental one. Honestly speaking, it was a match I didn't expect Roma to win. I thought Inter started so strongly. I thought that they were playing really, really well. And I was surprised because I feel like they don't play that well without Brozovic usually. And, you know, the Dzeko scored a goal that was rolled offside. Then they, then they get this, the opening one anyway. It seemed like Roma had come in with no intention of scoring in the first half at least. I don't know whether it was just like, we're going to do this for the first half and open up in the second, but... I felt like it was like diabolically boring from them in the first half. And then somehow they still find the goal. Um, they had their moments, obviously. Cynical as their best. Totally Jose Mourinho. And I mean, just watching the horizontal passes, their inability to deal from set pieces. And you just wonder, you guys are working on this. So why do the same mistakes keep happening over and over again? Nikki, what do you think? Yeah, well, I think perhaps Jose Mourinho has been paying attention to Inter this season and spotted the the correct way to be Inter in 2022, which is let them do whatever they want for the first bit. They're probably better than you. Score a goal. Then just wait for them to implode. <laughs> just wait for them to, wait. To, to let their own wheels come off because it'll happen. I mean, that's just what, what seems to happen almost weekly at, at Inter these days. It's I'm being flippant, obviously, um, because there's there's so much that goes on in the game that it's more nuanced than that. But it does feel like we're stuck in a horrible recurring pattern for Inter, doesn't it? You know, they 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 get on top of it in games. They play some good football because they do play some good football. They and, do. And frankly, they really in this do. Game, it's so easy to look at this one and, and sort of think, well, the the fine margins here. You know, if Chalanoglu finds the back of the net instead of the the crossbar or if Aslani shot, which, you know, just whipped just wide of the post, he's just a few inches inside, like it's a different outcome probably, right? Like, and, and, and those things feel very like real in the moment. I, I thought that even though Inter weren't, they weren't great in this game, but they had moments of, of some nice football. I, I thought they were going to win. And then with sort of inevitability, they, they didn't. And I think I felt like that watching them all season. Like it, there's just this sort of recurring fragility, and 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 you can see it in the numbers. Actually, you know, it's it's not just this game. If you go through Inter's numbers this season, the underlying numbers they have actually aren't bad. Like the number of expected goals they concede per game is, I think, fourth least in the division. The the number of expected goals they should be scoring, or at least the the the, the difference sort of the the expected goals difference were between the numbers they should be scoring and the numbers they should be conceding would put them right up near the top of the division. 
all of these sort of numbers that you can look at, the number of chances they give away, the number of, of shots their opponents generate, all of the underlying numbers look good for them, but the reality never does. And it, it's just so hard to get away from this feeling that it's not tactics. It's not, are your players good enough? It's something in the mindset that isn't there at the moment. And every game, it feels like it's either, oh, why didn't Inzaghi make a change sooner? Or either, or why did Inzaghi make these changes at this moment? This time he, he sort of sat on his hands too long. It felt like he didn't make any changes until after Chris Smalling's goal. Maybe they sort of got to that point where you just sort of needed a little bit more energy, a little bit more of, of a sort of pickup before waiting until the 75th minute. But one way or another, it never quite works for Inter at the moment. So here's the thing, like in most of the, the teams that we've been watching that have struggled, a lot of it, like Atalanta last season, Juventus this season, it's been because of absences. And I just don't know whether we have mm-hmm. spoken enough about the fact that this is a team that spoke like, I mean, we have spoken enough about it, but how much do you think this is impacting them? You could say, well, it's still a good enough team to have been Udinese, right? But we keep saying that even though this team is now like, what, third in the t- table, you know? U- Udinese, yeah. No one's good enough to beat Udinese. No, anymore. really, no one is. And what's brilliant about them is that they're defeating every team, physical teams, you know, short teams, passing teams. I don't know. They're just incredible at the moment. Sono molto contenti per la vittoria. Tutti abbiamo giocato molto bene di prima minuto. Tutti a corso e lottato fino alla fine. Dobbiamo continuare così perché tanti tanti più partite di giocare. giocare. Però adesso recupero giovedì. It's so funny because the title of this podcast is is Gigantic Smalling. Smalling Gigantic and Inter Upset. Sorry. Yes. And I thought what's so interesting about this is the the way that you could see him in this team and the way that he produced as a leader. He was so brilliant at the back, uh, so dominating, so incredibly ambitious in trying to stop everything into a doing. He was focused. He was concentrated. He wanted that goal. He wanted to make an impression. He wanted to make an impact. And then you compare and contrast that with Skrinia and how he was defending from that set piece. And you think, what's happened to you? I can't quite figure it out because you watch what Inzaghi is doing. And I agree with him. I don't think it's their best performance of the season. I think that might be an exaggeration. But I certainly did think that there was, it, there was a lot to watch there and a lot of it was very good to watch. I'm just kind of surprised at, firstly, like, Dybala, like, where's Handanovic? Like, just start playing on Anna at this point because Handanovic should have honestly saved that. It's just so many of these tiny, tiny mistakes, which begs, to, begs the question, is this a psychological problem? Because I don't believe it's a tactical problem, nor is it a condition, you know, the, the other, actually, we've got a really good question from a reader that I should read out to you from a subscriber, sorry. And it's from Ziad Dalal on Twitter. And he said, Inter was so happy in August, keeping players like Skriniar and Bastoni and getting Lukaku back. But these players are demonstrating that they are not who they were last year. Is Inzaghi's coaching staff to blame and the Conte fitness effect finally waning? I obviously think Pintus is huge, right? Because Pintus is not just a fitness coach. He's also somebody who tells you what kind of tactics suit what kind of player. So he'll tell you, for example, like, you know, Lukaku's great at, you know, acceleration. So play something in which he can quickly accelerate. 
or mm-hmm. this is this type of player is this or this type of player is that. But looking at the statistics, they're still running a lot. So it seems to me like they're still that emotional team that gets so upset and then they, they implode. They're still psychologically fragile. I, I haven't seen the real Barella this season. I, I don't feel like there are performances and, and he obviously did get an assist, but I, I, this is not Barella for me, not the level that I expect from him. So do you think it's Inzaghi or do you think it's fitness? What, is, what do you think it is? It's just, there's, 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 there's lots of threads to this. I mean, uh, you, you just sort of named a, a whole bunch of them. The Handanovic thing, I, I do feel like I've been banging this drum for a while. So sometimes I'm like, is it just boring to hear me repeat this? He's been a great goalkeeper. I think he's been in decline for a while. He will still do some things, has done already this season that you're like, oh, wow, there's a great goalkeeper there. But I think this is what great goalkeepers look like when they're in that sort of terminal decline phase. It's not like they suddenly forget everything, but with the best one in the world, the the the, the overall trend is only going to be in one direction. And I know on Sky Sport initially, like, Yesterday, they were having a big conversation about how often Inter concede from their first shot on target. I think it's either three or four of their eight games so far, they've conceded from the opposition's first shot on target. Then there's another two or three where they conceded from their second shot on target. If that's going to happen every game, you're going to find it harder to win games of football. If you're not going to have a consistent ability to not concede a goal the first or second time your opponent gets the ball on target. It's not going to help you for, for winning the league. So the, the goalkeeping situation is, is, is a problem. And frankly, it's a problem they knew about. So that's on you as a club. It's not necessarily on Inzaghi, but it's on you as a club to not fix that. Um, the situation with Dybala, I mean, honestly, I, I haven't bet much uh, on football in a while. But if I was going to bet on any one thing to happen this weekend, it probably would have been Dybala to score in this game because the narrative demanded it, right? Like the narrative <laughs> demanded that Dybala, who was supposed to come to Inter this summer, who looked all lined up to go there at a certain point, who Bebe Marotta had had all the conversations with. Probably, I think, just being frank about it from what I know of Dybala's sort of mindset through the people I talked to, would have preferred to go to Inter because it was close to Turin. He liked his life in Turin. He didn't want to go to Rome. I think it was inevitable that he was going to score. And I think drawing this sort of straight line from, oh, you should have signed, from that goal to, oh, you should have signed Dybala instead of signing Lukaku is, is silly, right? Because Lukaku's injured and Lukaku might come back and score 20 goals this season. Is that what people are saying? No, I'm, I'm just sort of, I'm just saying that because I think it would be easy to point at the Dybala sign right. and say, why didn't you sign him? Well, because it was a choice. It wasn't a, we can have both. It was a, a binary choice for Inter. They couldn't afford both and they decided to go for Lukaku. So, I think that's a reasonable choice still. Like, I don't think that's what you sort of look at in this game and, and criticize. I think that's, Dybala's a good player. We knew he was a good player. And frankly, if you'd been asked at the beginning of the season to say, which of these two players do you think is more likely to be available for a given match, Dybala or Lukaku? You'd say Lukaku because Dybala's injured a lot. So, you know, <laughs> that's, that's one of those things. That's just, yeah, that's a situation that can happen. To me, it, it, it's, it's, it's a few things um, colliding all at once. The goalkeeping situation I already talked about, but the defence absolutely lacks confidence. And I do think it's, it's really like a poor reflection on Inzaghi as a manager that you got what you asked for this summer with that defence. You said, no, you can't let these guys leave. I need this defence. This defence is going to be my platform. And now you can't get a tune out of them, as it were. You can't get a performance out of them. So that, that's his responsibility to bear. 
And I think the psychological state of the team is, is his responsibility to bear. I mean, I know in Gazette today, they had a big sort of thing about, oh, his mental coach who he works with. And I was, well, his mental coach isn't doing a good enough job right now, <laughs> is how it feels. Do you think the players still like him? I mean, that's a really good question. Do the players still like him? I, and I, I don't think it's, it's very easy for me to answer that. I'm not there in, in the changing room. And, and I don't think it's, it's necessarily as simple as that either. We've talked in the past weeks about just the way his actions are going to affect confidence. And we talked about how yeah. the sort of knee jerk replacing people whenever they get booked is going to affect confidence. Mm. And in this game, there weren't any early bookings. So there weren't any knee jerk substitutions. But as I've said all along, I think there's still a knock on from that, which is if your defenders believe the first time they get booked, they're going to get replaced your defenders are not going to commit to challenges in the same way that they would mm. without knowing that. And so even, even in the games where you're not replacing them, you're, you're undermining them. And, and I do think Inzaghi has to bear some responsibility for, for the confidence. And I think that's also why I sort of agree with you. The, his post-game press conference, which did not go down well with fans at all from what I've seen, this sort of insistence of, oh, we played a good game and, and we were just unlucky. I understand that. Because that message isn't for the fans. That message is for your players. That message is trying to build up a group that you can see is fragile right now by defending them in public. And I think that, if nothing else, I can look at and say, I, I see what you're doing. And I think it, I understand it. Whether or not it's right, I don't know, but I understand it. Skriniar did an interesting interview in which he discussed the differences between being trained by Antonio Conte very briefly and and... Inzaghi. And it seemed like he was quite fond of Inzaghi. And he said he is one of us. Um, when he needs to be stern, he is. But otherwise, you can talk to him. And I thought that that was interesting because here's the thing. There are clubs that I feel need, forgive me on this because this is like an over 18 term, but it's big dick energy. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, they are a chaotic side that can't have a nice guy in charge. Like Ancelotti could never take over Inter. It just won't work. I, them, Bayern, Roma. I, I think Roma is another one of those that needs big dick energy. They are a team that will implode, that have too much noise within them or outside of them, that have too many eclectic personalities to ever really ever succeed under somebody who lets them play. They need somebody who tells them what to do and will accept nothing less than what his instructions being followed down to a T. When I think of a team that can survive without that or actually excels without that, I think Milan. Milan is a, a team that works well when you have a coach in charge who talks to you, who is part of the creative process of producing great football, right? But <laughs> And Juventus is like robotic, right? Professional, blah, blah. But Inter need a disciplinarian. Like, I think to me, like, this is a team that would have excelled under Fabio Capello, you know, like a team that just needs a guy like Antonio Conte to tell them what to do, to tell them to shut up and buckle down and stop being emotional and get the job done. And, and I just feel like maybe Inzaghi tries to do that with, but it's, it's the wrong approach, you know, like you said, with substitutions, with these things. I, I think when you just to get some of the, um, I also think that obviously on a tactical level, when your team is suffering, it's important to get back to basics. 
And what I think is so interesting is that I don't necessarily think Ibanez and Mancini and Smalling are the best defenders in the world. Far from it, to be honest with you. And yet you've got Cristante and Matic in midfield. And that is just such a secure lock that it you build this block there that becomes very hard to infiltrate because they're working collectively. Inzaghi needs to get back to those basics. Perhaps ditch the interesting football, make it really dull for a moment, but slowly build back your confidence and the, the team's ability to defend as a unit and then start to reintegrate those attacking moves. He had that to start with because of Antonio Conte. He had this cohesive unit that was working well together and was high in confidence. So when he started introducing more sophisticated patterns of play, it worked. But right now it doesn't. And and I and I feel like he just needs to sort of go back to doing that and stop sort of blaming the players for what he is refusing to do, which is simply sometimes having to take away all these really complicated tactical visions of, okay, then it becomes two and DiMarco pushes really high up and then no, take that all away, strip it down and help Scrinia, you know, and help Bastoni who are the stalwarts or should be of your defense. Because right now Bastoni looks like a shadow of himself and Scrinia who really likes you, but obviously has been swayed a little by what happened in the transfer market needs to get back to being what he is. But this is the fourth defeat for Inter. This is as many defeats as they had all of last season. And when I think that they've got, oh God, Barcelona, let's be honest, we're worried, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, look, they've conceded 13 goals in eight games. There are, I think, five teams in all of Serie A that have conceded more goals than them so far this season. And that's, um... Become a member at patreon.com forward slash Serie A Chronicles for regular bonus episodes and content. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.